want to give encouragement to our online family. Thanks for joining us online and uh, so thankful for what the Lord's doing in this hour in all of our hearts and in all of our homes. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be online together like this as part of our online family. If you're able to post in the chat, please do so. We'd love to interact with you uh, while we're just breaking bread in the Word of God. week then uh, we talked about the velvet and the velcro and I've kept mine just to remind me even as we're venturing into what the Lord's desiring to say I want to pay attention to that which feels like velvet and be able to discern anything that feels like velcro it's a little rough not exactly uh, what the Lord may be speaking or doing in that moment in time so I'd encourage you those little things can sometimes really be great um, reminders for us and I want to certainly uh, in these moments, pay close attention to what the Lord may be desiring to reveal rather than to get up here and just ambitiously run through my agenda uh, of pursuit of building something. And well, it's easy to do that, particularly in the Western world um, where ambition is celebrated and success is king. But how many you know Jesus is actually king? Success is not. In fact, success is a very cruel master. I want you to achieve a measure of success. Great, you won the state championship. Now you're the returning defending champs, and there's a whole lot of pressure on you. I mean, it's an interesting thing. No matter what you achieve, um, there's always that pressure that's added to that. But I just want to say, let there be peace that would rest upon us today. Lord, uh, I thank you for just how at rest you desire for us to be. Yes. Be still and know that I am God. Cease striving, the NAS says, and know that I am God. So may we just rest in you in our moments that we have together, and may we truly feast at the table of the Lord, sensing the nourishment of the Spirit of God as we break bread in your word together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we are going to be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 2, so you might want to turn there in your Bibles. <clears throat> I um, started introducing something last week on Easter Sunday that's not your typical Easter Sunday introduction. <laughs> Institutionalism is very problematic in the church world in which you and I live. Let's, let's really be clear. Yes, Lord. Let's really be clear. Institutionalism is problematic. And so as a pastor and a leader who's worked in the church for a while, works with other pastors and leaders, um, I do have to own that I have been a part of embracing and perpetuating the idea of institutionalism and what I mean by that is um, we've so commercialized the gospel in ambitious efforts of trying to find a place called success 
that we've institutionalized our faith in many respects and the Lord is really helping us to dismantle that helping us to step back from that is that somebody's game or are you getting that many text messages that is a lot of excitement going on um, but it's like we take the gospel of Jesus Christ and we package it in such a way that we're able to commercialize the concepts and then we diminish the disciples and we're no longer producers who are being fruitful we're consumers who are showing up and we package it all in nice and neatly so that you we're not going to keep you very long and you don't have to worry about your busy schedule we want to accommodate your business and, and, and let's just you know get in we get out we've got our this packaged gospel uh, this that is the institutionalization of the church it's converting the great commission to become the great attraction you really need to understand this language because it's like coming in big chunks in the way the Lord's introducing us as we step into this next trimester this next season of the church but the Lord himself is actually reversing the great attraction back into the great commission that he originally intended it to be um, one person kind of caught my terminology from last week you know patty cake Christianity they were reminding me of that um, the Lord is not interested in patty cake Christianity we've been interested in patty cake Christianity because it has really built a lot I don't know if you've watched much of what's taken place in terms of even what's splashed into the news as a result of Easter services that have uh, you know happened in our nation and uh, just how so much of our presentation in the church looks so much like the world and and we justify it because we want to reach the world we want to kind of come to where they are uh, and 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 I it's just all littered with the essence of compromise in so many respects and I don't have the answers to this I want you to know I've not figured this out I am repenting for my willingness to participate in this in times past and man we've we've just given ourselves to really driving to you know marketing creativity and what that looks like somehow we do need to let people know that we're here and invite them in to come to a deeper place of growing in their relationship with the Lord I, I don't know how that all works we're wrestling with it even those of us in roles of leadership here in the church we have varying ideas about how all this is supposed to work but it's kind of the beauty of the body of Christ we can have distinction without having to have division if we'll come in unity and love each other well put a demand on what each other is carrying not decide well I happen to have the mic more than others so I've cornered the market on what the reality of God I mean you know that's just not the way this thing works the plurality and the community of the church is where we discover much of what God's desiring to do and so as we're walking hear that statement because it's a really important statement the plurality and the unity of the church is vitally important to our discovering what God is desiring to do and, and the reason you need to hear that statement is because institutionalism is a cancer in the body of Christ where we institutionalize the gospel but listen very carefully institutionalism is a cancer but so is individualism how many of you would agree pastors and leaders need to repent for the institutionalization and commercialization of the church can I get an amen it begins here again 
A lot of people quit going to church after COVID. The question is, what were you pastors teaching them before COVID that actually caused them to fall off the planet afterward? That's the real question. It's not just a problem with the people because pastors can, you know, rant and get angry. And where's your level of commitment? And, 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 and really, it begins here. It, it, this is really important part of what God's called us to do is to make sure we get this right. And so institutionalism, first and foremost, we're addressing that from a leader standpoint. But let me just say, individualism is something you're going to have to address in your own heart, each and every one of you. Individualism is something you're going to have to address in your own heart, each and every one of you. Individualism is this disconnected perspective. I'm on my own. I don't really need anybody else. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. It'll keep you from discovering the true power God wants to reveal within you because he does not reveal his power within individuals. He reveals his power within his people. Jesus said, when you pray, what was the first word he said to pray? Say, our. our. It's all about community. Forgive us our debts as we. There's something about community and plurality that's really important to God. We read this in Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity, which is also where we get community. It's unity. It's connection. It's plurality. How good and pleasant it is for us to dwell together. And then it goes on just two verses later. It says, this is the place where God commands blessing and life forevermore. Can we say blessing and life forevermore? Let's say it together. Blessing and life forevermore. That's what he wants us to experience but you will not experience that if you just fly solo because you're too busy to get connected on a deeper, more meaningful measure. Church is not like one of your many activities that you're involved in. You can't go to church because you are the church. And so we gather as the church, and then we learn what it means to go be church everywhere we go. God's kingdom is at hand. And it's because of our unified disposition and our heart to come together that actually releases something of a greater power. Everywhere we go, we actually carry an anointing that has the ability to shift atmospheres in the workplace. People can begin to wake up spiritually who otherwise will remain spiritually dead. But you're part of the assignment of the kingdom of heaven in that workplace, in that building, in that neighborhood, everywhere you go. institutionalism is the cancer but individualism is as well and as Christians the same way we need church leaders to repent for institutionalism all of us as individuals need to repent for individualism that has actually kept us I'm my own man I'll, I'll be involved when I can be involved and this real disconnected aloof perspective that flies in the face of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many know we all need to get it right? Whatever this looks like, we all need to get it right. And understanding who you are is a really important part of this. I'm not trying to convince you to, to help build a club. I'm trying to help you see the world's confused about the church because Christians are confused about themselves. And when we start to understand more who we are, the world's actually going to start to wake up to the reality of Christ that actually exists within us but it's been masked so much, it's been kind of hard to see. So as we read this out of Philippians chapter 2, I want you to just capture the essence of relationally receiving 
from God and giving to others. The, what we're going to read is the essence of what it is to receive and then not just be a reservoir. You're not, you're not designed to be a reservoir. You're designed to be a river. How many of you know a, a reservoir is not going to be teeming with great life, but a river of that will be teeming with great life? In other words, that which comes into my life is actually designed by God to flow out of my life. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we need to learn the fine art of giving as our way of life. I'm not talking to you about your money. I'm talking about an overall disposition. There's nothing more painful than two selfish people in a relationship. There's nothing more beautiful than two servants in love. This is the essence of giving. I care for Tracy as my way of life because she is my wife and I want to give myself fully to her as my ministry to the Lord my God. When I'm violating that, I'm violating this. When I'm violating this friendship relationship, I'm violating, you understand, this is really important that we understand the essence of community and what God is desiring for us to experience in communion with him and communion with others. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. And Lord, would you just awaken some things within us? Your word says in Galatians 4, you're forming Christ within us, even as we're just reading your word together. And I pray uh, you just help us all to grow in a deeper reality of what you're desiring for us and through us in Jesus' mighty name. Philippians 2, 1 through 9. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, can I just hear somebody who has been encouraged from being united with Christ say amen? Amen. You've been so blessed. I've been so blessed. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. How many of you have been blessed by God? It's what this is reverence. You've been blessed and received so much from God. Then make my joy, verse 2, make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. Do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That is such an important central verse to understanding the apostolic grace of the body of Christ. Please hear me when I say this. You're going to have to meditate on this. Will you please take this portion of Scripture this week and just read through it, pray through it, pause at different times when you're reading these verses and just pray, put them into your own words as you formulate prayerful expressions and allow the Lord to awaken this. You need to understand Jesus is the foundational apostle upon which the body of Christ is built. He sets the example about how to access apostolic grace foundationally, having been given everything, he gave it all away so that he might foundationally be underneath us. God's not trying to get 
over you. He's trying to get under you to raise you to higher places of the glory of his presence in his life and your call that you might reflect the life of Christ. Godly leaders who understand apostolic grace never work to get over people, always work to get under people foundationally, taking anything that any of us have rather than using it to loiter over people or try to convince people to follow us. We want to get under people and awaken something of following the heart of Jesus as our way of life. This is such an important, important verse. Jesus, who being very nature God, verse 6, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Now, I think it's really interesting. The Message Bible says a phrase, and I've kind of caught on to this phrase and I've started using it a lot. So I want to point it out to you in verses 2 and 3. In the Message Bible, it says, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Deep-spirited friends. There is something called deep-spirited friendship. I want you to understand something, and I, I thought about this. Well, let me finish the, the reading. Love each other, be deep-spirited friends, put yourself aside, and help others get ahead. You, you need to understand, like, there's something you should be able to experience in terms of your encounter with God and your expression of that encounter into the lives of those around you that the world simply will never understand. They'll never know what deep-spirited friends are. They understand soul ties. They understand deep relationships, but deep-spirited friends, this is a relationship that's actually born from the origin of eternity, and we have a deeper sense than anything this world has to offer about the God-appointed connection that exists within our lives. I want you to think about that time when you connected with somebody on the deep reality of eternity, and something inside of both of you were being awakened in that conversational nature, and you knew that it was more than just a happenstance. It was a divine appointment for conversation conversation and interaction that suddenly awakened a deep treasure of an ancient well that existed all the way back in the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that God wants to awaken in this hour of the church today by causing that to flow out of your belly that flows with living waters into the lives of those around you. This is not something the world can understand. Deep-spirited friendship. I'm receiving from God. I'm releasing from God. I'm receiving from God. I'm releasing from God. I pray that's what's happening right now. I, I said not too long ago, if your children have been exposed to the observation of hurry more than the revelation of Sabbath, and it really creates a problematic disposition in terms of any real biblical theology because life just keeps going at such a fast pace. And, and I want to just reiterate that to you and say, I understand fast pace. I understand society that we live in. But we really need to evaluate where our priorities are in the midst of all the stuff we're trying to accomplish and all the things that we get our kids connected to and involved in and going in every direction. Don't... don't don't take this as a 
condemnation, just listen to what the Lord may want to say. First John 2, you don't need a man to teach you. You need the Lord himself to teach you. So pay attention. The anointing is what teaches you. What does God want to reveal in this moment of conversation and interaction? Sometimes, how many know you can kind of grind an ax on a topic and then you lose what the Holy Spirit is trying to do because you kind of get in the essence of my own personal agenda. And I'm not, I don't want to do that at all in this. But I do believe that the revelation of Sabbath is a really important reality that the church has largely neglected. And we need to step back and realize too busy and hurried in our life causes us to be unloving, unkind, and disconnected from the things that really matter. How I many of you know this is true? If you're hurrying to drive through a park because you want to get a good look at it, you can drive through and enjoy it a little bit as you're driving through. But if you'll stop, park the car, get out and walk through the park, you will experience that park from an entirely different perspective. And you're not just like blazing through the kingdom of God while you're in this world. It's the other way around. Stop, park the car, get out and walk through the kingdom. There's life that God wants you to see and know and hear and experience and explore. And our children need to have this sense of recognizing there's something going on in the world around us that tries to keep us so busy that we can't actually prioritize the things that have eternal value. This is a trick of the enemy. Making room for this deep-spirited friendship is one of those things that we have to do. I know we talk a lot about community groups and get involved and I know I just haven't found the right group. It's just not the right time. And let me just say, community groups aren't the answer. <laughs> it's an avenue. It's a tool. But the connection and the relationship is what matters. And, and if you don't find the right group, maybe it's because you're supposed to be helping start the right group for other people to help find as well. Maybe you need to explore what the Destiny Table is about. I, we're going to commission everybody to this today, but, but let me explain something to you that I think is really important. Last week we, and Lord, would you just help me to gather my thoughts to come into a, a landing with clarity of what you're desiring to reveal in Jesus' mighty name. Last week we celebrated the resurrection of Christ, and I just say again, he's alive. <laughs> And as we uh, celebrated the empty tomb, what we find in two of the Gospels is this explanation of two angels that were at the empty tomb when Mary came to find the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus was not there. And the two angels are there at the empty tomb. And this is actually a picture of that which had generations prior to in the most holy place there were two angels that were facing each other on the uh, Ark of the Covenant, on the atonement lid. And it's an amazing picture that is a reality that I felt the Lord was saying we need to understand. The most holy place is the place where the glory of God would be revealed. And you'll notice it's a face-to-face -face encounter that actually is the place of the glory of God. When Jesus was risen from the grave, how many of you are glad the most holy place now is not contained in a tent or in a building, right? No, you're not. You are the temple. How many of you know you are actually the temple of the Lord now? But I, I still want to just point to the reality, and we need to understand that the glory, God's design is that glory is revealed in this face-to-face -face conversational posture. 
Don't forsake the assembling. Here we are shoulder to shoulder. There's some impartation that God wants to bring through our worship, through his word, through our interaction. It's an important part. But the glory of God is revealed in this conversational posture, face to face, not just shoulder to shoulder, face to face. How are you getting face to face with others so that you can explore and experience this? I just want you to think about this. When I'm having a conversation with you, I'm finding myself face to face with the very image of God. You're created in the image of God. And when we're having this personal interaction, I'm face-to-face with the image of God. This is God's design for us to understand. There is glory in the conversation. There is glory in the conversation. There is glory in this conversation. Institutionalism is a cancer to the church. Individualism is a cancer to the church because there's glory in the conversation, making room, making time, getting face-to-face, talking about what God is revealing, truly exploring deep-spirited friendship. That is something that is vitally important in this next hour of the church. I'm finished. Thanks for your patience. We're on a journey trying to figure it out. And I will tell you that the Lord wants to take us into a deeper place of friendship with God and friendship with others as our way of life. And so for this season, while we're in this Gobi Church focus, what we want to do is introduce each week just a question. This is going to be a question that we're going to ask you to carry out and get around a table to have this face-to-face encounter sometime in the course of the week. And, and the, the question will hopefully be relevant to the message each week. But we're asking you, your action point is to come to the table with others, exploring this deeper place of worship by making a simple relational effort to know God's heart together. That's your commission. We always want to have an actionable But here's your question. You can find it on the blog, in the notes, on the live notes. There are handouts back here as well. The church is called to worship God. Amen. Not just personally, but together. So around a table with somebody, I want to ask you this week, describe how you worship personally. Let's start there. How do you worship personally? Well, one of the ways... I worship personally as I'm consistently reading Scripture. Just turn the page. I like to turn on music. I like to brew coffee. The smell of uh, coffee is the kingdom of God in my house in the morning. Uh, You know, whatever that looks like for you. Each of us just sharing kind of what that looks like for us personally. That would be what you'll do around the table. And then here's the big question that takes us into all of this. What are some ways to worship God to grow together spiritually in addition to attending church? That's a little bit more of a complicated question. Because again, what am I warring against? Individualism. So how how can I connect with others in my worship to the Lord in a way that actually edifies and awakens and helps me to grow in my relationship with Him? I just want to mention to you one more time. I, I understand. I'm having a conversation with you. You're having a conversation with you. God's having a conversation with you. And it's easy in every one of our hearts and minds right now to be formulating maybe our arguments or, you know, why this won't work for me. I just want to say to you, don't do that. I want to reiterate something I just started with in the very beginning. God is warring against the cultural influence of our society on the church. 
And so you can't just dismiss the things that are clearly revealed in Scripture. And unity and community and relationship together is an important part of it. If you'll, if you'll just sense it, you'll, you'll tell there's some velvet in this conversation. Maybe a little Velcro. I'm still human. Find the velvet. Would you just discern what the Lord's revealing? Is the worship team, why don't you all come? And we're going to take just a few moments and just bring our surrendered hearts to Him. Just in a place of worship, just surrender. There are, uh, there's communion at the back of this center section every week. And I will just say, I'm really deeply convicted right now about some basic things in the church and communion is one of those that I'm trying to really uh, dig deeper in and understand and I think the Lord's going to help us to walk in a greater revelation of what that's really all about in this next season of the church it's available every week and sometimes we take communion together and we'll be doing that pretty soon as a family as I share with you some of the study journey that I've been on with this um, but as we worship you might just want to step back and just pause for a moment and just bring your heart before the Lord. Take communion, what the Bible describes in a worthy manner, where you just surrender fresh and new and say, Lord, it's your broken body, it's your shed blood. It's the reason that I can truly understand what life is all about. There are giving stations in the back. During this time of worship, it's great just to be sacrificial in the way you bring your tithes and offerings before the Lord actually as worship to him not coercion but out of your own heart you know somewhere along the journey we stopped taking up the tithes and offerings because you can't take something that you're actually God appointed to give in an expression of worship it needs to be out of your own heart so I would invite you um, as we worship together just to really, um, we'll just take a few moments here of just bringing our heart before the Lord and saying, man, God, you're at work in some areas of our lives. We don't really have it all figured out, but we're interested in growing deeper in the reality of Christ and the truth of your word. And so would you just, we stand together. invite our prayer team if they'll find their way up to the front on the sides these are seasoned people who have a real heart to pray and intercede for us as a church family and I'm deeply appreciative of their heart to pray how many of you know when when we begin to pray some things begin to transact I've wrestled uh, with sharing this, but I think it's important to share. I don't have permission, but I will ask forgiveness later if I need to. Our youngest daughter, Lexi, uh, you know, you are somewhat familiar with her journey, the video that we've played, and her not feeling like, you know, she was good enough surrounded by uh, speakers and you know that sort of thing in her life and it's just been interesting having her find her own lane I told her this morning she was sharing with me on the way and I said I think you might have the coolest relationship with God of anybody in our family <laughs> like her interaction with the Lord is so amazing as she's describing this but one of the things she said to me was um, her friend Abigail 
and she are on the same course of study in the same university and they're both about to graduate and they both applied for graduate school and they really just wanted to continue on this journey together and they were still waiting to hear on Abigail's uh, application and Lexi didn't hasn't told anybody this and I'm probably in trouble for telling you all she but she was just saying God I believe this is what you want this is certainly what I want we want a journey on this thing together and she took she started fasting and praying specifically over this situation and she said she was at our house one day and and she was just praying over this specifically saying God and she's the way she described it, she was yelling at God she was fervently praying and suddenly she got a text message on her phone it was Abigail in that moment when Lexi was praying Abigail sent it said I just got word that I've been accepted too that might not like be awesome to you but in the moment that she's praying from the most earnest place it unlocks and I just felt the Holy Spirit saying would you pay attention to this right now church there are some prayers that are about to be answered in our lives the church is being awakened to understand a greater posture of authority that is born from that humility. So, Lord, would you help us to understand the power of just simply being used and available for you to orchestrate the release of your kingdom in the earth. It doesn't mean we always get everything we want, but, Lord, we want to surrender to you and be used mightily by God in a way that releases thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's worship the Lord, and I would just invite you. If there's any framework of a decision that you need to make, whether that's to begin your relationship with Christ, you don't know the Lord, then tell us if you're online, on a chat. If you're in the room, would you come and just let us pray with you? If there's some other form of decision, you want the prayer of agreement over a grad school application or whatever it is in your world, would you just let us join with you as a prayer team and let's believe God for breakthrough. I hear the Lord saying breakthrough is at hand. I'm declaring breakthrough is at hand. God is taking the church into a place of greater space of answered prayer where the kingdom is coming as a result. I'm calling forth household salvation right now. I'm calling forth provision in amazing ways. I'm calling forth the kingdom of God, the ark of the covenant in a sense being awakened in the earth. The flourishing of the world around us as people are coming to know Christ. Lord, would you awaken within us expectation and hope as you form Christ within who we are as your sons and daughters of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's worship as we, anybody that needs to come forward, let us pray with you.